0: Alright, welcome back to another great episode of Dan on Top. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz, and today we have with us, live in the studio, Buzzy Van Houten. Now, this is interesting. He's actually the Senior Vice President and Strategic Content Consultant at Streamcast Music. Wow. Buzzy, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Dan. How are you?
0: Doing wonderful. This is an interesting opportunity for me. I've I've enjoyed getting to know you over the last year or so, and now here we are in the studio together.
1: Absolutely, and we we both represent two different aspects of NRM Streamcast, and I am uh, currently really involved with the music side of it and the development of uh, merging artists and what we can do for them to get them to the next level uh, using our platform as a catalyst to make them get their careers going. Love it. That's one thing I can definitely relate to.
0: That's taking it to the next level. Right. I believe that that's what you guys are doing here at NRM. I'm thankful to be part of that. New Radio Media is an interesting company that deals pretty much exclusively with streamcasting. and Buzzy is 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 heading the, the, the streaming division of streamcast music, which is fascinating. So before we get sidetracked about all the what it is of what you do, I want to focus on what's most important first, which is who you
1: are. So tell our viewers, who is Buzzy Van Houten? I am a guy who learned at a very early age that Avenue was French for street. And if you wanted to do well on the Avenue, then you better get it down on the street because otherwise you get eaten alive. So I'm a guy who um, went to, uh, you know, just a normal street guy who uh, happened to grow up with a very nice uh, uh, upbringing and was raised well, got to college. Uh, It didn't really serve me well. Um, I went to Villanova University, and I did a year and a half there, and I realized that I was wasting my father's money because my real love was in communicating um, and selling and doing things that I knew that I could do. And there were too many ideas out there that um, were really not available on a campus. Uh, Because I found out too that once you graduate uh, and you go to work for a corporation, They train you their way. They really, if things that you learn in school are basically the things that will keep you alive in the most basic portion of your career. Uh, Outside of that, you get, uh, you follow their rules. It's a, the world out there is a, um, how do I want to put this? The only way I can it's a corporate, military corporate. Um, economy that we live in and you do things the way that the corporation that you work for wants you to do it and it's very hard if you're creative and if you see things that are in the future where you think you should head because every business as you will learn has a maturity cycle and when you get to the point where you're a really mature business you have to figure out what your growth pattern is and how where you're going to go and that requires creative thinking oftentimes so I found myself after school getting involved with um, some lifelong friends and we opened some teen clubs and we rather than have disc jockeys back in the day and I'm let me I'll just say I'm a very experienced individual um, chronologi- mature you're mature yeah chronologically speaking, I'm in that I have a body that is older than my mind
0: <laughs>
1: so let's just go with that and what I do know is that the situation that we find ourselves in at this juncture uh, is no different than it was when i was trying to figure out what i wanted to do and i got into the business that i always loved which had to do with music and communication so i came home we opened these teen clubs we put live bands in instead of Instead of DJs, and we used bands from the local high schools. We made an age limit on our clubs. We had them on Friday night. We rented buildings that were, you know, Knights of Columbus Hall or them, no kidding. And we staffed them with our own people. We put the, the Coke machine, you know, the Coke. That's Coca-Cola, right? Coke, yes. Okay. Yes. Back wanna... then, it was okay. okay and then we hired <laughs> security and we we did it we marketed it through the high schools nice so you had to be 16 to get in so you could drive yourself there we didn't need parents hanging out yeah, yeah. in the thing we hired ba- local bands and there were a plethora of, of them back then in the um, early 60s and through the early 70s um and we've we're uh, we did very well with that. We had an interesting, a, and, and there was an age limit as well. So, a twenty-four-year-old or twenty-one-year-old guy couldn't come in there and start, you know, making relationships with underage, you know, sixteen-year-old sure, sure, girls. Sure, sure, So sure. anyway, we we protected ourselves in every possible way. Very nice. And that through that we were able to harvest um, some talent out of there, and we started to record local bands at United Sound, which back then was a um, it's a legendary recording studio here in uh, the Motor City. And so Detroit, we were harvesting the musical DNA of the city of Detroit and at an early age. Among the um, artists that appeared at our team clubs called the Hideouts, um, and from that, we decided we would record them, so we had hideout records. And among the bands that we recorded over time, um, certain lead singers and different people that appeared in our clubs went on to do great things. AKA Glenn Fry mm-hmm. um, was in a band called The Mushrooms, and then it grew into Love it. The Four of Us, and they were a regular at the Hideouts. And from that, we got into the music business. From there, I got, uh, I went, uh, did my part, and served in the Air Force for four years. Oh wow! Thank During you for your the, service. You, welcome and. Um, after Vietnam was done, I needed to decompress and stayed in Hawaii for a while and got fascinated with this new form of radio that had taken over the FM dial called Progressive Rock <laughs> And it was right up my, my, uh, it was right in my ballpark. so when I came home, I got a job at I wanted to be on the Air. And I thought, you know I got a voice, I understand the culture right yeah. now and I have uh, and I for sure understand the music. And the guy hires me, and he said, well, um, "Let me see your card, your your first phone." I said, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, your your license." And, and back in nineteen seventy-two, you needed a FCC license to be a broadcaster. Interesting. So um, I didn't have one. He said, "You've never been on the air, and I'm going to hire you to go on the air in Detroit, Michigan. The number at the time it was the number five market, and uh, can't do it." I said, he said, but I want to hire you. And so how about a job in sales? And I said, I'll take it. And he said, any questions? I said, yeah, what do you sell? (laughs) And he just looked at me. He called in the sales manager and said, get him briefed. And in two years, I was the sales manager. And I enjoyed 45 years in management working for CBS, for ABC, um, for many small and major broadcast companies. And I... uh, relish those years greatly. And that has sort of helped me fall into the next phase of communication, which is streaming. There you go. And through that, we have uh, seen that the um, music business is going through a seismic change right now, and yeah. the artists are being left behind. They're in the wake. Well, we
0: hope not. We hope no, to be able to do something about that. But, We're going to do something about that. Yes, We're we are. doing something about that. And
1: so, our, our mission is to pick up and make sure they get compensated right. for everything that they do and use the most recent and um, highly evolving speed of light technologies that are available to help them uh, further their career. And streaming is at the base of all of this now, and yep. everything is becoming streaming, but either by subscription or by accident. <laughs> and we are um, in that business and planning to move forward and bring back the DNA of the musical DNA of this particular area, Detroit, which is rich in musical history. Oh, absolutely. History.
0: There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I mean, as you're speaking, I'm thinking, first, that, first of all, hashtag save the music, right? It reminds me of when VH1 was putting on those specials. But, you know, you mentioned about the, the hideout, right, that you created. It reminds me when I was growing up, that was like the shelter or, or clutch cargos, right? Very much so. And then, and then, you know, years later, you've got, you know, DJ Am, Adam Argolis of Blessed Memory. You've yeah. got Steve Aoki, Mike Posner, went to school with Mike, at the Pickle Patch, Right. Absolutely. Same thing. Different eras. It's and,
1: unbelievable. And look at how many local bands from here matured and mm-hmm. did, have done major things and are part of uh, musical DNA. Absolutely. Worldwide. So absolutely. Detroit is known equally as well, uh, you know, across all the oceans and. Um, as a for its musical DNA as much as it is for its manufacturing and Absolutely. its automobile DNA. It's so.
0: interesting that you say that because what I liked about something you said earlier, one of the many things I liked about what you said earlier, was you kind of described this military educational industrial complex right yeah. i think it's no surprise that children are trained right to go to school from 9 to 5 yeah. so they can fit into a corporation that's 9 to 5 so they can build uh, other listen, people's businesses and you know none of this ahead. is by accident it's not it's by design it's and, by design
1: and the 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 thing is that some of what's causing much of the uh, there's a lot of you know, I don't know, misinformation. There's a lot of everything going on because there's more places to receive yes. your information. And, you and there's so be, many
0: signals today. And,
1: and our educational level in general is not necessarily up to speed to deal with it at all and understand how to manage it. You're you're right about that, and I think that that is exact. Herein
0: lies the solution. I mean, check this out, CRE Pro Course, right? This is an educational course that has now been adopted by colleges, by brokerages across the world, recorded here in Detroit in that studio, right? And we aren't. You know, educational professionals. We're professionals in our profession. And through these streaming services, we created a whole not just a course, not just a mentorship program, not just a recruitment agency, but a whole community.
1: And, and here's the other thing that, that is interesting we are a society that, <coughs> excuse me, that sure. is 100% reliable on people that are credentialed. What the hell does that mean? What, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I know this that I remember when I gave my father the good news that i wasn't going to spend any more of his money um, wasting it on a college education that I was never going to use. I sold my uh, my um, certain sets of books that I, I was given when I first got there so I could go to Florida for spring and um, <laughs> so that's what told you where I was at. I was a businessman sure. before I was even knew I was but before you, before you could read but the generation coming through. <laughs> the pea shooter right now on on the very low. One. First of all, it there's just there's more of them than there was me baby boomer and they're they've learned a lot of what not to do from my generation. Sure. And they are entrepreneurial because they kind of have to be. They have they're forced into this this system that yeah, you just brought up. Absolutely. And there I have never met more young 20 something young people That are it really gives me faith about what's coming for the generations that are that are entrepreneurial. They have grasped the idea of where technology can take them and how to use it, and they are they have to be creative to succeed. You know, based on numbers.
0: Totally, absolutely, not not just to succeed right now, but I think what did it is the,
1: the the pension went away. And when the pension went away, now, why do I work for a corporation? I need to build it myself. So I just had a discussion yesterday. We were with, uh, had a lunch with some buddies, and we were discussing – somebody brought the subject up that the United States is – America is an, an empire in decline. And then we went through we went through the chronological order of empires and how long they lasted from Egypt yeah. to you know, yeah. all of them, yeah. the Roman Empire, et cetera. Here. And one thing we all had in common, and we all have this in common, that every single empire imploded from within. Sure. And so the argument then went, well, what do we do? What's going to happen to us? And the uh, one of the guys who's uh, uh, in the financial s- sector said, well, what's going to happen to us is we're eventually going to have to become a – form of socialism just like the rest of europe is and all these other places and so that started this whole other almost fist fight yeah really i'm and ready I, i'm about to be up in arms so <laughs> the, the, the point was and then the, the 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 guy who had who i knew in high school who had quit yeah joined the navy and then and then figured out a way for himself to navigate through life and has become very well off and done had a, made a great life for himself he looked at everybody and he said, Well, I know this much. I meant I learned it before I got kicked out of high school. And united we stand, divided we fall. We've never been more divided. That's the danger. And then everybody is shut up. And yeah. we are then I said, Well, herein lies the the where we're we gonna go next is gonna depend on who gets voted in and how things go because as long as we are in a situation where we have people making laws that don't understand where the country is headed and where technology and the world are headed and we continue to fall behind Mm -hmm. we will um, continue to be in decline and so that then everybody got the bill and we all said we'll meet again (laughs) and it was a very interesting and as somebody brought up you know well look where we are you know i listed my house and all of a sudden i had 10 people bidding way over the list and and i said yeah well that's a whole other situation and you my friend are a um veteran at your age already um in this business and you understand it and you grasp it just like i did with my business when i found something i loved i I didn't know how much money I made until the day was until I got a check. And I went, wow.
0: Yeah. I didn't count my... You're lucky because you had to wait till the day's over. I have to wait until like April 15th of yeah, the next year. Yeah, well, there you <laughs> yes, I understand
1: that. But, and, and, you know, the, the size of the number doesn't matter. It was, each one was yeah. a... When I got in the radio business, I always, I, I grew up as a jock. So, I, I, you know, if I was going to play some kind of a professional mm-hmm. sport, the goal would be to become all pro. To be respected by your peer group in that industry. And so um, that's what uh, I I went to work every day wanting to be an all pro radio guy. And I didn't care how much money I made, I was just the accomplishments because I was doing something I loved. That's so important. And that's what you do.
0: Absolutely. And you know, I grew up in this. My bubby, my grandmother, who was here in the studio just a few weeks ago, she's 96 years old and she's been flipping houses since she was in her like probably 20s. When she came over on the boat, she didn't even speak any English. So we are, I think that I was, for, not forced, I was trained to be an entrepreneur because everyone in my family was an entrepreneur because in Europe, we had everything taken away from us. And then in Germany, we had everything taken away from right. us. And then in America, we had nothing. So we had to build it ourselves. And myself personally, you know, I worked at a corporation, a, a very large corporation, you've heard of it, called Amazon. <laughs> and I learned a lot there, right? And, and it, it's helped me and molded me. And all the while, I've been flipping houses and doing investing and doing all this stuff for decades. But the point of the matter is, is that I realized that Unless I was running my own business, I was not able to scale at the level that I wanted to. Number one. Number two, America, I think, is one of the greatest corporations in the world. Okay?
1: That's exactly what
0: it is. And America rewards. It's citizens who do the job that America's supposed to do build roads, create jobs, build small business, create infrastructure, feed, clothe, you know, the, the poor, the wealthy, everything. And that's what's amazing is that you have an opportunity to be an entrepreneur, and when you do those things, you get rewarded. That's the beauty of being in real estate. And that's our theme song coming up, so we are about out of time. I know you want to say something, let's go with it.
1: No, I- I, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to sit down and talk about what we're doing at Streamcast. And I would love to continue this conversation and learn more about what you do. I would like to be on the asking end sometime Ooh, with you. Okay, that
0: sounds like a threat. So I'm going to take him up on that. He could be on the asking end at a certain point. This has been another great episode of Dan on Top here at NRM Streamcast. We've interviewed Buzzy Van Houten, who is the Senior Vice President and Strategic Content Consultant at Streamcast Music Buzzy.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you, Dan. It was a pleasure, and I look forward to more opportunities. You
0: got it. I'm Dan Lukowitz, the host of Dan on Top, danontop.com. Dan at danontop.com. Reach out for more value. We'll provide it. We love you. We'll see you soon.